Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Robert Zirk. My co-host Nolan Bicknell is on vacation this week. On today's show, we'll speak with Wendy Shetler, the CEO of the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba, to learn about some of the risk factors of Alzheimer's and how brain health can play an important role in reducing that risk. Then RC360 Stacy Cardigan-Smith shares a story about Senior Center Without Walls, a program that helps socially isolated older adults access educational and recreational programs via telephone. Then Christy Nickel and Christine Ahrens of A Winnipeg Slice will join us to talk about a couple of the stories that they've been working on this week. And finally, Noah Ehrenberg will tell us all about the latest stories from citizen journalists on Community News Commons. We've got all this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Hello and welcome to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today. We've got a really great show lined up today, some great music as well. Uh, Coming up after the break, we will continue our conversation with Wendy Shetler, the CEO of the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba. Uh, We had a really great conversation last week about some of the programs and services that are offered through the Alzheimer's Society, and we'll continue our conversation just talking about what some of the risk factors are and the important role that brain health plays in reducing some of those risk factors. So uh, it'll be a very interesting conversation, and we'll have that coming up after our first song. And so to start things off on River City 360 today, here's a song that went to number 13 in the UK, went to number 4 in the United States, and it was number 1 right here in Canada. From 1974, here is First Class with Beach Baby right here on River City 360.
Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today. If you tuned into last week's show, you'll have heard my interview with artist Roger Lafreniere, who premiered his exhibit called I Remember, and it's raising funds for the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba. I had the chance to walk through the exhibit with Roger and learn about what inspired him to create these beautiful paintings. They're all very calm landscapes. I chose them specifically because they're the kind of landscape you can just sort of walk into and lose yourself in. And I think that's so important because there's a huge calm in nature that is soothing. They, they preach it constantly. You need to get a way to replenish, go to Mother Nature. Well, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm giving that image. And then they have a chance to lose themselves for the tiniest little bit of time. And all those little bits help eventually. So if you find yourself in the Exchange District, perhaps if you're there for the Fringe Festival and you've got some time in between shows, go and visit Fleet Galleries at 65 Albert Street and check out these wonderful paintings. Many of them depict landscapes in southwestern Manitoba. They're really something to behold. And if any of the paintings really calls to you, a percentage of the sales will go to the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba. So it's a great way to take home some beautiful artwork while supporting a great cause. Again, Roger's exhibit runs through the end of July, so stop by Fleet Galleries at 65 Albert Street in the heart of the Exchange District. Last week on the show as well, I spoke with Wendy Shetler, the CEO of the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba, to talk about the positive impact that events and fundraisers like these can have on making services more available to people affected by Alzheimer's and other dementias. So now we'll continue our conversation with Wendy Shetler of the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba. What are some of the risk factors of Alzheimer's disease that people should be aware of? Robert, that's a fantastic question. And I, you know, I think, you know, when you listen to some of these things that I will talk about, people all go, oh, that's me. Oh, that's me. Oh, I'm sure I've got that. Um, And it's really important to remember that when you're talking about some of these signs and symptoms, there's signs and symptoms that impact on your ability to live your life the way you usually do. So they're things that really get in the way. So when we talk about problems with memory, it's not just, oh, I forgot that thing on my list. Um, But maybe what you did is you forgot your list entirely. And as you head out to go to the grocery store, you forgot actually that you were going grocery shopping. So it's, it's things that really impact. So things that you might notice would be changes in memory. Um, Another piece that people often don't think about is changes in personality. So somebody who maybe was very outgoing and gregarious starts being much more quiet and they're not, you know, initiating conversation or activity the same way they used to. Somebody might get a little bit more volatile. So, you know, their temper might be a little bit more, um, you might see it a little bit more frequently than you would otherwise have seen it. Um, People may become a little disinhibited. So they may say things that they maybe have thought before or didn't think before, but they're saying certain things out out loud and they go, hmm, that's not really appropriate. Um, and, And so it's changes in behavior and changes in personality that are not typical. And I think normally when we think of dementia, we think of memory or only memory. The other thing you might notice is changes in in language. So a person's vocabulary might become diminished. Um, You might find that their sentences might become shortened. They might start replacing one word with another or using very vague words like, hmm, that thing over there. Um, you know what I mean, you know, that whatchamacallit. And so rather than saying a fork, they might say that spoon. So being confused with some of the language, you might also find that they have a harder time following conversations and might ask people to repeat things frequently. 
So those, you know, probably would be the key ones that you would watch. You might, you know, also see things like uh, somebody who had um, kind of higher level functions that people do. And we would consider like balancing your checkbook, following a recipe, you know, organizing a dinner party um, as being something that people do very, very well. And you might then find that for some reason they're not paying their bills on time or they're overpaying things or underpaying things. So there's some problems in terms of managing their finances. You might also notice that they there's some real judgment around what they you know a person might wear so you a person might not be dressed appropriately for the weather they might look outside and see that the weather is sunny um, and not really pay attention to the fact that it's January so it's very sunny but it's very cold outside so so changes in judgment now if you had bad judgment your whole life and you still had bad judgment so that's not a change so I wouldn't be really worried in terms of dementia but there's all of those different things that are impacted now Lots of things can be causing that. So particularly as somebody gets older and their health is fragile, an infection or medications that haven't been managed properly could also cause all of those different things. Somebody who's suffering from depression can also have changes in personalities and memory problems, harder time concentrating, not communicating very well. So those are also things. So so more than anything, it's a warning sign to say something is going on. We need to go to a doctor. I mean, diabetes that's not being managed can also cause those kinds of things. We need to get it assessed. And then a doctor will do a full kind of workup to see what in fact is going on. So it'd be seeing changes in personality and and memory and behavior that are really, really out of the ordinary from what you might normally see out of someone you know or yourself. That's right. And oftentimes the changes are very subtle and they happen um, kind of gradually over time. Some of the key things that, again, hallmarks would be memory. Another thing that you might notice is somebody getting lost when they're driving in traffic in familiar places when they always did. So that would be something that might be a hallmark that you would watch for. And oftentimes people later go, you know, when they think back after somebody's been, you know, had a diagnosis, they think back and they go, oh, I, you know, a few years ago when we went on this trip, John used to be fantastic reading maps and he couldn't do that anymore. Or this was a city we've gone to frequently and he didn't seem to know where he was going. And so sometimes those are things that end up being um, some of those highlights that you come back and, and see. Oftentimes, if it's too early, then it gets very, very difficult to know if, in fact, something's going on. So sometimes what's helpful for family or for the individual themselves, if they think something is going on, is to start documenting. So just kind of take a little notepad and, and write down what you see and maybe date it. And do that as things happen. And then what should happen if in a, in a dementia, what would happen is these, uh, these changes that you see will become more frequent over time and they might become a little bit more severe. Uh, but as soon as you notice that there's it impacts on the way a person lives their life, so it's having a real impact on a person being able to do the things that they typically have done, or impacts on the relationships they've had with the people around them, then it really is important to get it checked out. Again, it could be something different too. Are there things that people can do that can help them in terms of prevention? Well, that's a really great question. There's actually probably the most exciting and interesting research that's happened over the last few years is around risk reduction. So how do you reduce your risk of dementia? And, you know, arguably, you know, you can look at dementia kind of in a, if you look at a pie, you would say that a third of my risk I can't do anything about because age is the biggest risk factor, right? So I'm not going to control aging. So that's going to be your biggest risk factor that you can't control. 
the other, another third would be your genetic makeup. So there are, we, we have recognized that there are certain genetic makeups that are higher, have a higher risk um, for dementia than others. So that you're not going to really control either. But there is this big third that are risks that you can mediate. So you can really have an impact on how to reduce your risk. So some of the things that we really know about is your diet and reducing risks that impact on, so for example, high blood pressure, you know, your heart, all of those things that are good for your body or good for your brain. And so you want to make sure you're not getting, having a stroke because stroke and Alzheimer's are also, you know, multi-infarct dementias and Alzheimer's are really pretty tightly linked. So you want to reduce your lifestyle kinds of risks. So you want to make sure smoking can impact on, on dementia, um, having diabetes that's not being managed, having high blood pressure that's not being managed. So you want to exercise and you want to eat healthy. The other piece that they know, and, and is more of a protective factor, are, you know, kind of things like, you know, your body, you exercise and you use it like a muscle. Well, your brain is the same thing. So what happens is you're, you develop different pathways and kind of resilience in your brain the more you challenge it and use it. And so pe they know that people who have a second language or, or, or know how to use, uh, play a musical instrument have already some protective factors. And these are things that they've done oftentimes as children. Um, but it really does protect into older age. And so it is important to continue to learn throughout your life and to do things that are challenging for you. So people, you know, there's some people say, well, I do crossword puzzles all the time because I know that's good for my brain. And then when I ask them, well, do you find crossword puzzles really that hard? Oh, no, I'm great at it. I do them all the time. And I'm fantastic. Well, then I have to say, if you're really good at it, it's not, you're not exercising it anymore because it's easy for you to do. Yeah, it might be time to switch it up and try something that's a little more challenging. Exactly. Maybe try those Sudokus that you always say, oh, they're way too hard. I don't like them. And so, so switch it up. And, and in the same way, um, things like we often say, you know, use your non-dominant hand for things. You know, eat your breakfast with your left hand if you're right-handed. And, and do things that are different, that you really are out of a routine. So you have to be thoughtful. You have to be mindful. You have to really manage um, the process. And so those are things that are really important. The other piece that we know is staying socially engaged. And we don't know all of the mechanisms behind that. But we know being engaged in, in, in social networks and such um, is a complex kind of cognitive activity and so what you want to do is you want to stay involved in the world so sitting at home and staying alone in your home is not anything that's good for you I mean it's really important to go out as much as you can or to have people in as much as you can and stay involved I mean these kind of senior centers and these recreation centers and community clubs and all of those kinds of things are really important and and we have learned more and more that it's not just something that's nice to do it's something that's important to do and something that's really important in your overall brain health. Absolutely. If people want to learn more about the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba or check out any of the upcoming events that are happening, where can they go to get more information? Well, they can certainly go to our website at alzheimer.mb.ca or they can give us a call at uh, 943-6622. Um, you know, the only other thing I would really like to highlight is, is you know, I talked about all the services that, you know, for people who are impacted by dementia. But we also do a lot of education in the community and for public because, you know, building a dementia-friendly community is really important because everybody 
deserves to be part of a full community. And we know that supporting people with dementia and their families takes a full community. So it's not just the Alzheimer's Society, it's not just the healthcare system, but it's neighbors and friends too. And so we just, you know, we are always going out and giving presentations to community groups. And so I would really encourage your listeners, if they have a group, whether it's a book club or a church group or a coffee club or community center who have any, you know, any thoughts that they would like to learn more about Alzheimer's, whether it's prevention, whether it's the the warning signs, or whether it's how they can be uh, a dementia-friendly community, I would really encourage them to give us a call. There's no cost for those activities. And, and again, those are, you know, why we're, you know, really excited about different fundraising events that people hold for us. It really enables us to go out and do this kinds of education at no cost. Excellent. Thank you so much, Wendy Shetler, CEO of the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba, for joining me on the show today and telling me more about the Alzheimer's Society. Oh, thank you, Robert. I really appreciate it. Thanks again to Wendy Shetler, the CEO of the Alzheimer's Society of Manitoba, for speaking with me today. When we come back, we'll have a report from RC360 Stacy Cardigan-Smith about Senior Centre Without Walls, a program that helps socially isolated older adults access educational and recreational programs, all via telephone. But first, here is Magic is the Moonlight by Edmundo Ross and Orchestra, right here on River City 360. Magic is the Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today. Unfortunately, many seniors can experience social isolation due to a variety of factors. They could be health issues, financial issues, or remoteness. 
but there's a program offered through A&O Support Services for older adults that's seeking to bring more and more seniors together, with nothing more than their telephone. RC360 Stacy Cardigan-Smith has this report on Senior Centre Without Walls. Could you survive an apocalypse? A group of seniors is learning about useful Manitoba plants and fungi that might just help should an apocalypse come. And they're doing it through a phone-in program run by A&O Support Services. The program is called Senior Centre Without Walls. The recent How to Survive an Apocalypse course, which was facilitated by Manitoba Museum's botany curator, Dr. Diana Robson, presented some very useful information in a fun way. The fact of the matter is most people can identify more corporate logos than they can edible or medicinal plants that are growing in their neighborhood. And that's sort of a sad commentary on our time because um, <laughs> uh, uh, plants, you know, edible and medicinal plants would be useful to know during an apocalypse, but uh, McDonald's symbol probably isn't. Prior to the course, participants were provided with images of the plants that were discussed. Throughout the presentation, seniors participating in the call can ask questions. I'm going to start with number 10. My number 10 plant for the apocalypse is sphagnum moss. Uh, in a, in a post-apocalyptic world, medical supplies such as sterile bandages and, and antibiotic cream will become increasingly hard to come by. So sphagnum moss is actually a useful plant for emergency situations because it has antibacterial and antifungal properties and can help prevent wounds from becoming infected. Senior Centre Without Walls offers multiple courses each week on everything from health and wellness to jokes and bingo, and everything in between. Jean Felixiak participates in a few calls each week. I like the, uh, the one that's called Across the Miles. And then we, uh, we connect with people in New York, California. Edmonton has recently um, come in on it. But also, the people up north, they're pretty well isolated, so we get various different uh, opinions. And we chat away to these people, too, and hear what they have to say. And they're very interested in, in what's happening up here. She says the programs are very informative and are a welcome part of days when it is difficult to get outside. As I said, a lot of the people can't get out at all. And so we're all able to talk to each other and even though we don't see the faces, we recognize the voices. And it's, oh, hello, Stephen, hello, Jean, hello. We all know each other by our voices. So it makes you feel better to think I'm part of, I'm part of a group, even though I'm not there. It's a, it feels good. The program really helped Jean during the recent loss of her husband. It has helped me. Everybody's been good to me. Everybody, hello, how are you, when I phone in. I even had a very nice card from the staff at A&O with all their signatures on it with a sympathy card. So that helped a great deal. It really did. It really did. The Senior Centre Without Walls program was piloted in 2009 after program coordinator Michelle Ranville had learned about the concept. I was fortunate enough to go to a conference in the States and I saw a program there that was running called uh, Senior Centre Without Walls in California and it was reaching out to older ice older adults that were socially isolated and I thought well if that could be successful in California uh, definitely with, definitely with us and our Winnipeg winters um, we should be able to have some success with it too. That first year it ran with seven classes and about a dozen participants. 
Since then, it has grown substantially, offering more than 600 classes to 200 participants. So some of the most popular classes that we offer um, are our celebrity bingo, um, not just for the bingo part of it, but they get to you know talk with a celebrity, local celebrity, and find out what their day might be like. So if they're a newscaster on CTV News, for example, um, what, how do they work on the news stories? How do they know what's what they need to put on onto the news? Um, so they also really like trivia. Um, our brain teasers is our most popular class for sure and then other really interesting programs that uh, they enjoy are art therapy so we actually send out art supplies to the participants and have a certified art therapist on the phone with them walking them through some exercises and the music therapy is also very popular as well Uh, so sometimes they send out lyrics to the participants and everyone just uh, participates. Building connections and a sense of community is very important. Uh, The majority of the participants are uh, female. Um, The majority of them live in Winnipeg. About three quarters of our participants do live in Winnipeg. Um, But it would be somebody that is socially isolated, um, so living on their own in their home uh, somewhere in the city, for example, and uh, doesn't have a lot of visitors, um, maybe doesn't have a lot of friends or family left. and just is really in need of that social connection. They sometimes say, you know, this is the first person, you're the first person I've talked to today, right, when I'm on the line. Um, So it's just really important that we provide that social connection to them, make them feel like they're not forgotten about and that they're not alone. That sense of community keeps Jean involved with the program. We all know each other by voice. We heard, we heard him. But we know each other by voice, and sometimes if somebody doesn't, um, we haven't heard, oh, where's so-and-so? We haven't heard so-and-so for such a long time. Uh-huh. So we all think about each other, and it does help. It does help. And a lot of the people are in the same boat anyway. You know, they've been widows for years. This is a new experience for me. And, of course, learning about how to survive an apocalypse is handy, too. For River City 360, I'm Stacy Cardigan-Smith. Thanks very much, Stacy. To learn more about Senior Centre Without Walls and to see a complete list of programs, just go to ageandopportunity.mb.ca. Again, that's ageandopportunity.mb.ca. Or you can call 204-956-6440. Again, that's 204-956-6440. <music> Coming up after the break, we've got back-to-back conversations with the hosts of A Winnipeg Slice. You may have heard the segment Monday through Friday, twice a day, right here on CJNU, which brings us interesting stories, one piece of Winnipeg at a time. But before we speak with Christy and Christine, here is the Cincinnati Pops Orchestra with Eric Kunzel with The Wind Beneath My Wings, right here on River City 360. Thank you. 
Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I'm now joined by Christine Ahrens. She is one of the co-hosts of A Winnipeg Slice. Christine, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. So if you've been down on Lily Street in the past couple of weeks, you've probably noticed some new permanent art fixtures along the way. Christine, I understand you met the man behind the art. I did. So his name is Sean. Uh, there was actually a project a little while ago to get some new street art for Lily Street. Uh, it was revealed by Mayor Brian Bowman just last week and local artist Sean McLaughlin. He was commissioned to do the job based on his previous work. So my previous work has mainly been in printmaking, uh, both uh, with woodblocks and uh, letterpress works. And uh, a lot of my previous work revolved around uh, mapping and uh, a idea of place. And so when I approached this project, I really took a look at uh, what the idea of place is in relation to Lily Street. Because Lily Street is a little bit different than a lot of streets in the downtown, as over the last century it's actually been moved and changed and has grown in length and shrunk at the same time uh, a number of times. That's very interesting. So tell our listeners what kind of art pieces they can find if they take a walk down Lily Street. Yeah, so first of all, there's these two massive maps of the downtown area. Uh, They go on either side of Lily Street and looking at it, you see every street that's in the area. But what's really cool is that the river on each map, he, Sean made them from a different material so that it's actually made to rust. So as the weather kind of gets at it, it's going to make it a little more rusty and look more like uh, he refers to our muddy river. So that was really cool how he incorporated the weather to make his art pieces just work with it. Uh, So then on top of that, there's also eight tripods that go up and down the street. And each tripod, when you look at it, it faces, it makes you face the direction of a building and the tripod shows you what used to be there. Uh, So it's really giving you a piece of history. You're standing right in the spot that you can really understand what used to be there. So Sean actually told me specifically about one of the tripods. The one we're standing to right now shows a boxcar and is showing the Galt Avenue spur line which was one of the Winnipeg Transfer Railway's uh, rail lines which supplied the warehouses in this area. This one specifically supplied the uh, Eaton's Warehouse, which is located at Lily and Galt. So beyond those two massive maps and eight tripods, he also has a couple of pieces of art that use the light to make the pieces visible. You wouldn't notice it during the day, but when you walk by buildings, you'll see these lights up against the buildings. And so the light shines through it, makes an image, one of which is actually a specific ship from our history. Yeah, it's pretty cool. He's using all these different elements to really bring his art to life. That's awesome. So it sounds like a lot of research has gone into it, and it's really cool how it ties together art and local history. Definitely. So talking to Sean, I found out that he's actually very passionate about history. So this project was great for him. He was a perfect fit. Uh, He also spent a lot of time researching the area, talking to different people to really get a good visual of what the street once was. I was lucky enough to be connected to the... uh one of the workers for the city who is specifically involved with uh, historical buildings and the the history of Winnipeg. And he led me to a whole series of archival photographs uh, that I was able to pull from and uh, find images which thankfully covered this area. So this is definitely a really big undertaking with so many pieces involved. How long did it take for him to create all of this artwork? You know, Sean says he couldn't even count the hours he's put into the project, but he did start back in December of 2015. And in that process, he had to do the research. He worked digitally to create the map of the city. He worked with metal fabricators, landscape architects to just bring these pieces to life. Awesome. So 
I would encourage anyone that's, uh, you know, that's working in the downtown or if you happen to find yourself around in the area to, uh, you know, maybe walk over to Lily Street on your lunch break to check out the wonderful artwork that is there. Christine, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks, Christine. And coming up next, a Winnipeg Slice co-host, Christy Nickel, will join us to talk about her favorite story from this past week. But first, here's Beach Boys with Surf and Safari right here on River City 360. Let's go surfing now, everybody's learning how. Come on a safari with me. Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I'm now joined by Christy Nichol. She is a co-host of A Winnipeg Slice here on CJNU. Christy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks again for having me. So I know the Canada Games are coming up starting on July 28th, and I understand you were speaking with one of the athletes competing in the Games. Yeah, so I was talking to a girl named Sesame. Uh, she's a local Winnipegger. She's uh, a track athlete, and uh, she she trains with the Bisons at the U of M. Uh, she absolutely loves what she does, so it was really cool to talk to her about how she got started in the sport. Track has been like a thing for me since I was little. My Both my my mom and my auntie both the trek back home. Like I'm from Sri Lanka. I'm from Sri Lanka. I'm born here, but my parents are. Um, and like in grade four, I got started uh, running for my school, St. Maurice. And that's how I really got started into track. And then I started competing competitively in grade nine, went to like Legion Nationals and then kind of progressed from there into university, so. So she's been running for a long time and track is one of those sports where there are a lot of different events where you can specialize in. Is there a particular part of that that she enjoys better than others? 
Yeah, she said she's been running her whole life, but uh, what's special about this year for her is she's decided to focus on something different, uh, which she will be competing in the Canada Summer Games. This summer I've been focusing on jumps, so yeah, I'm going to be competing in long jump and triple jump, and I'm the alternate for the 4x1 and the 4x4 relays. Wow, so she actually switched to something completely different and managed to make it into the Canada Games the same year. That's pretty impressive. What are some of the standards that the athletes have to meet in order to compete in the Games? So it's different for every sport. Like when I competed in rhythmic gymnastics, it was the top two in each province got to go. But for track, it's a little bit different. This is how she explained it to me. There's a pre-select and then there's standards A, B and C. So if you hit pre-select, you're pretty much going to Canada Games. And that's last year that you had to hit that. I didn't hit that till this year. So I kind of had to go through the whole process where like at the trials meet, you have to hit top one and two. And then after that, that's when you get chosen to go. So what's cool about the Canada Games that people might not realize is that there's an age restriction um, to actually compete there. And it's younger than most of you might think. Okay, well, for nationals, um, the age group was like unlimited. Like you can be as old as you want, as young as you want to compete at nationals. There's a junior category, which is U20, so under 20. And then there's a senior, which is 20 and over. So like anyone past 20 can compete in that. Um, Canada Games is special because 22 is the oldest you can be. So anyone under 22 can compete. So that's 1995 and under. It's great to see so many young people dedicated to sport here in Canada. Totally. And are you planning on watching any of the events at all? I don't have any concrete plans at the moment, but I'm hoping that I'll be able to check out a couple of them. Yeah, I might have to go watch Sesame now that and cheer her on now that I've, I've met her and know her story. But otherwise, I don't have any plans to see the events yet. And if anyone wants to attend a event this summer at the Canada Games, the games run from July 28th to August 13th, and you can get tickets online at canadagames.ca. Christy, thank you again for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Christy. And to hear a Winnipeg Slice, just be sure to tune in to 93.7 CJNU every Monday through Friday at both 8.38 a.m. and 5.38 p.m. You can also hear a Winnipeg Slice online by visiting anchor.fm slash Winnipeg. Again, that's anchor.fm slash Winnipeg. Coming up after the break, Noah Ehrenberg is on his way into the studio to talk about the most recent stories published by citizen journalists on Community News Commons. But before we get to that, here is Louis Prima with I've Got the World on a String, right here on River City 360. I got the world on a string, and I'm sitting on a rainbow. Got that string around my little finger. What a world and what a life. Ooh, I'm in love. I got a song I sing. And I can make the rain go Anytime I move my crazy little finger Lucky me, lucky me, lucky me, lucky me, lucky me Can't you see I'm in love? Mm, Sam, life is a wonderful thing Boy, you gotta have a little zing Now if I could only sing like Bing Man, I can really swing. Look out. What a life and what a riddle world I got the world on a string I'm sitting on a rainbow 
I got this string around my little finger. What world, cause I'm in love. What song stars about? What world, cause I'm in love, 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 love. I got the song that I sing. And I can make the rain go anytime, anytime, anytime. I move my little finger. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Look at me. And life is a wonderful thing. Oh, you gotta come up with that zing, Sam. Boy, if you could only find that thing, we could play tingling. Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am now joined by Noah Ehrenberg. He is the convener of Community News Commons, Winnipeg's citizen journalism website. Noah, thank you so much for joining me. It's always great to be here, Rob. So this weekend, of course, is the Fringe Festival, a very big deal. It's now its 30th year, which is quite amazing. It is. Um, And it really brings the Exchange District alive. I really enjoy going to the Fringe every year. And uh, a lot of citizen reporters are writing about different Fringe shows that they're checking out. Yeah, you know, ever since we started Community News Commons back in 2012, uh, Fringe has always been a favorite of uh, the citizen reporters and uh, reviewers, show reviewers. And so we've got this year... Half a dozen CNC reporters who are out there in Fringeland, and uh, they will be taking in a number of different shows. Uh, this year, as you uh, mentioned, it's the 30th anniversary of Fringe Festival, quite a popular festival in this city. Uh, there's 30 different venues, 189 plays. Uh, there's a kids' fringe, there's free performances at the Cube uh, stage in Old Market Square. It really is a, a, a terrific event, and CNC writers love to review these plays. Uh, they love to capture all the sights and sounds, and so our photo of the day and our reviews will have many, many reviews, probably upwards of 20, 30 reviews over the next uh, few days. So you can check out communitynewscommons.org uh, to uh, take in all the fringe information and all the f- reviews of some of the terrific productions that uh, are coming to, uh, to our fine city. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. One of the other stories that was on CNC was about the Canada Summer Games, mm-hmm. and they've made an important addition to their medical staffing this year, I understand. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Dr. Lillian Essis, who is a clinical psychologist here in Winnipeg, she wrote an article for communitynewscommons.org, and she sent it in uh, that um, essentially um, she outlined the fact that this is the first time in Canada Games history where part of the medical team uh, for the Games will be clinical psychologists who are volunteering and they will be helping the games participants mostly the athletes of course with a whole range of emotionally taxing issues I mean if you can imagine it and Lillian does a terrific job in her article sort of describing the types of pressures that young athletes will be under Uh, these are athletes you know that have been at the top of their sport the top of their game for many years you know through their um, uh, young years through their you know teen years and now they're under intense pressure to perform and so it can be very emotionally uh, draining for these athletes and um, and they can come up with some serious problems. And so this is the first time Canada Games has decided, hey, let's have some clinical psychologists volunteer and they can help 
uh, with the medical team uh, when it comes to uh, uh, basically uh, allowing the athletes to um, enjoy themselves and to not feel so stressed. And you know that one very famous uh, Winnipeg athlete, Clara Hughes, who was an Olympian, she, you know, came out uh, recently with regards to, she was the spokesperson for Let's Talk, uh, Bell Initiative, uh, with regards to mental health and how we should address mental health in a much more open and serious way in our society. So, you know, athletes and uh, mental wellness uh, seems to go hand in hand these days. And so the Canada Games has uh, taken it upon itself to, uh, you know, really step up and, and do something uh, important in the world of sport and in the world of mental health. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. And speaking of sport, there's a program here locally that is helping to bring newcomers together through sport. Yeah, that's right. It's a story that uh, was on communitynewscommons.org this week, uh, written by Nolan Bicknell, and it uh, basically talks about the power of sport to help immigrants adapt to their new life in Canada. And Nolan writes about a, um, a particular grant that came from the Winnipeg Foundation to uh, the organization called True Sport. And um, essentially what it does is it allows... Um, new Canadians to find uh, friends, uh, to find some structure uh, through the practice and the playing of sports. And, um, you know, uh, many of these uh, young people are coming from very difficult situations, uh, you know, and some have uh, very difficult injuries that uh, have to do with amputations and other things like that. And so uh, allowing this um, or, or providing this type of uh, help in terms of sport is a terrific um, it, it, is a terrific program that Nolan uh, Bicknell reports about, and it's uh, something that uh, is very inspiring that I think our listeners would really appreciate. So you can check that out on communitynewscommons.org. Absolutely. And so every week we like for you to bring in a song by a local artist, and I understand that this uh, the artist whose song you have this week is going to be performing at the Brandon Folk Festival. That's right. The Brandon Folk Music Festival is coming up this weekend, and I would encourage our listeners to go out there. It's a terrific festival. It's always a lot of fun. It's very, um, you know, it's very manageable. People who are used to the Winnipeg Folk Festival think about folk festivals in sort of a large scale, but Brandon is one of those uh, festivals that have remained quite um, quaint, uh, really enjoyable, a lot of great music there, a lot of great Manitoba music there, a lot of great international music there. One of the performers is going to be Richard Inman uh, and the Mad Trappers, and uh, Richard was playing at the Winnipeg Folk Festival, and he got a standing ovation on a couple of occasions for the concerts that he did. He is a terrific singer-songwriter. Um, he's a young Indigenous man with a beautiful voice, just a super, super songwriter. And um, really, I think that uh, you're going to hear a lot from Richard Inman and the Mad Trappers going forward. And I would encourage our listeners to go out there to Brandon to uh, catch Richard Inman and the Mad Trappers this weekend in Brandon. I don't think you will be disappointed. Yeah, he's a terrific uh, performer. So I'd like to play a song. He's got a few albums. His 2016 self-titled release uh, called Richard Inman. Um, there was a song on it called Little Brother, and I think our listeners will really enjoy this tune by Richard Inman called Little Brother, right here on River City 360 with Robert Zirk on 93.7 CJNU. Don't put down money On a game bound to lose Don't be afraid to Put faith in your own boots If you lose it you can always find a back door or a window, buddy. You know it's true. And don't trust nobody. 
Who says that God had made even the dealer Still waiting on a spade to uncover The diamond that's buried down below Buddy, you know it's true Don't love no woman Gambles more than you Don't trust the pusher When he says He's friends with you He's waiting On payday, brother You know it's true You know it's true You know it's true It's clear as day with each other And even when the blood sends down like water Brother Still got the blues Yeah, it's true Still got the blues Don't leave your guitar no car or truck Might be the difference When you're down on your luck Between a bottle, bed and meal Or the gutter, brother You know it's true Yeah, it's true Don't love no woman With golden wedding bands She might be lying She says a man don't love her like he used to And she might take your love And leave you at the bottom Brother, you know it's true You know it's true Clear as day, see, little brother. We're all bound to lose touch with each other. And even when the blood's in down like water, brother, still got the blues. Yeah, it's true. Still got the blues. And that's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you very much for listening, and a big thank you to all of our guests for speaking with me today. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, please visit us online. The address is rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, Views and News from Around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. And we love to hear your feedback about the show. Please give us a call. 
Our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can also send us an email at rivercity360, that's the numbers 360, at wpgfdn.org. Feel free to leave us a comment about the show, request a song, or suggest a topic for a future show. The number again to our listener line, which is open 24-7, so feel free to leave a message there. It is 204-944-9474, extension 360. We are also on Twitter and Facebook. You can search at RiverCity360 on Twitter and search RiverCity360 on Facebook as well. I'm Robert Zirk, signing off for River City 360. Thank you again very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day and a great weekend.